Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. I was uh, sharing this morning to our Spanish. Just something so pure about the Holy Spirit. the only thing we can give God is our worship. We can't buy love. The only thing we can give is worship. So when we worship, heavens then send. When we give, His promises come down. That's why when we get here as a family and we worship God, it's a movement that the Holy Spirit is doing each and every one of us. Also, when we, we encourage us just to worship, it's not just because we want to hear people sing. It's because we want to feel his glory, fill this place, and bring freedom. Amen. Bring freedom because some of us come in with bondage and we leave with bondage. His Holy Spirit, it's not for us to come with bondage and leave with bondage. It's to come with bondage and leave free. And the only thing that made it possible was the blood of Jesus that covered each and every one of us. That's the reason he said it's better for me to go because the one who comes can be in awe. I can only be in one place at one time. But his Holy Spirit can be in each and every one of us. So when we encourage you guys to worship, once again, it's not because we want to hear you sing. Most of us can't even sing. It's because he abides. He abides. And that is the only thing we can do is worship. The only thing we can say is, God, you are holy. The angels, the angels, all they say is holy, holy, holy. We have the option to say you're holy because we don't serve a dictator. So the only thing we can give is this, God, you're holy. So when we come to church, we just worship God. In our walk, we worship God. In our frustrations, what do we do? Worship God. Amen. Let's open up our books, our Bible. Before I get started, I want to, the ladies that were here this weekend, raise your hand. Man, it was such an amazing service. I don't have to be a, a girl or identify as a lady to be blessed. <laughs> it, God, God doesn't look at the sex of the person. He looks at the heart of the person. I was there in my frustration trying to get the sound to work, but God was still blessing me. And I know if he was blessing me, he was blessing each and every one of the ladies that were here. With that, I want to give a shout out to the, we really don't give shout outs because we just don't. I'm going to give a shout out because I know the frustration of being a sound tech. And we worked miracles this weekend. Technology is awesome, but it's frustrating. So what happened is our board and our digital snake back here, the fuse just went out. So there was no sound. We had to run in circles and try to figure it out. So I want to give thanks to everybody that helped in the sound with the cameras. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 
for serving. People that were, that were used in the parking lot, we want to thank you guys for the parking. They said Friday we had over 100 cars, 114 cars, 15 cars. So thank you men who helped out with the parking. We want to send our gratitude. Thank you very much. First Kings. Let's, let's get right to it. Brother, uh, Pastor Ryan reached out to me this morning. And I was like, hey, bro, I'm an extrovert. I got this. Deep down inside, I was like, God, help me. (laughs) Yeah, because one thing we don't want is pastor come up here and his mind is somewhere else. Even though I don't got this, he got this. I just have to be obedient to his word. First Kings chapter 18 verses uh, 41. When you have it, say amen. Amen. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. A sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his knees in between his knees. Go look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. On the seventh time, the sermon reporter reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for this day. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because it is you who blesses us. It is you who gives us, Father God, the blessings. I ask, Father, that you bless this sermon, Father God. Bless our lives. Give us, Father God, vision, Father Give us word, Father God. Reveal your word in our spirit, Holy Spirit. I ask that you bless today, Father God. In your name we pray. Amen. We can take our seats. So th- this morning when he reached out to me, I was still preparing my, um, my sermon because I had another sermon for Spanish. And my wife gets mad at me because I, I, I changed my sermons a lot. It's not because I want to. I don't want to be frustrated because I would like being frustrated. I like my hair. I don't want to lose it. Um, so today in the morning, God wakes me up, and I was going to prepare about the overflow of the anointing. God wakes me up, and he says, prepare a sermon on Joseph. And in and, and my sermon, I preached how the cloak of many colors, the tunic of many colors, and the dream to many people, it was a frustration, right? Because because of that, he was sold. But it became a blessing that blessed the multitude, right? And, and, and when he told me that, and, and I'm talking to Pastor Ryan, and then he says, gives me, um, you know, we're talking, so I'm like, okay, I need to prepare something for, for English. And in my spirit, I was like, I'll just, I was telling myself, I'll just preach the same word. And in my spirit, I was like, no, no. This is not what God wants. So I was like, okay, so what do you want? So the sermon of persistent prayer came to my spirit. Most of us have heard the voice of God. I hope many of us, right? And, and it is God who gives us instructions on in how to live as a Christian, it is God who, who gives us 
vision. It is God who gives us dreams. We have divine dreams that only come from him. We have divine word that only comes from him. And, and, it, and it's frustrating when we prepare the altar and there's nothing. And the altar is prepared in this scene. We have Elijah. I, I love the story of Elijah. I wish they made it like a, a soap opera on Elijah. You know, it'd be like almost like, uh, <laughs> it would be a long one, right? But it's awesome. You have a crow feeding him. You know, he eats dead, dead animals, but he's feeding Elijah and giving him life. It, to me, it's just an amazing story. Right? But Elijah prepares this altar. God gives him instructions. He said, I need you to, to go prepare because the rain's about to come. Right before then, Elijah knew the test, knew God's command. So he told the king, there will not be any rain. How I wish we had servants like that, right? They knew God's command and we stop it, right? How, how we know God's rule, but yet we live in darkness. But he was one that stood up against many prophets. And he said, because you're living wrong, there will be no rain, right? So, so God said, okay, Elijah, it is time. So Elijah, a bad man, he kills prophets. Right? Killing him. Then he prepares the altar. So the, the whole scene is prepared for God's reign to come. Everything's ready. And how many of us have prepared our altar, have prepared our life, and we, we tell God, God, okay, I'm already living a righteous life before you. I come to church. I worship. I sing. I break down. Why, why isn't your blessing falling? in my life. And I know mo most of us can identify to that. That we have prepared our life. We have made decisions that are based on our walk with Christ, but yet we see no rain. Yet we just don't see the promise. If you spoke it, why haven't I seen it? Right? I move a lot, guys. I'm sorry. So you guys are going to be like this the whole time. If the congregation in Spanish can handle it at their age, you guys can handle it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> no, really, where was I? See, my mind goes off to... Yes. So mo most of us are, are living a righteous life. We do the Sunday thing. We come to church. We serve. We prepare the service so many people can enjoy it. But we see no blessing in our lives. But yet God has spoken promises. But we see empty promises. But knees have not bent down to the altar. And we question ourselves, God, you spoke, you gave me a word, and I prepared the altar so the blessing can fall. But yet I have not seen a, a drop of rain. 
You know, it's frustrating living the Christian life and not seeing the blessing come to our life. It's blessing doing the right thing and not being blessed by the promises he's given us. It's it's frustrating that he said he's going to open the heavens of finance and a family's life if if we just live a Christian life, but yet we see nothing coming our way. And we can live a moment of frustration because we have done everything physically, possibly, that we can do to prepare God's blessing, but there's nothing coming down. See, but what Elijah teaches us here, persistency pays off. He was on his knees. It didn't say he was just, he just prepared the altar and he just waited for God. See, because most of us, we do that. We can be like Moses, right? Having the staff in our hands. And we just need to listen to God's direction. Everything was prepared. All he had to do was extend. That's it. Keep it simple. The ring was already ready to come. He said, I hear the rain, but I see no rain. I, I, I can hear the thunder. See, most of us in our spirit, we hear things. And we're like, God, God, you, you, I know it's coming. I know my calling, the anointing you have given me, I know it's there, but something isn't right. Hasn't activated yet, God. What? what? And then in that what, we can live in a, in a frustrating moment. And living in frustration can hold our blessing. And then Elijah was there, and he's like, okay, I, I, I killed all the false prophets, God. What else do I need to do? He does this. I want to ask my son, Daniel, can you come here? And this is Elijah. See, most of us know what to do, but we don't do it. Because yeah, we're, let's be honest, we're lazy Christians. We know the truth, but yet we don't want to live by the truth or move in the truth. Right? We, we know that prayer breaks bondage, but we want a five-minute prayer to activate a five-year prayer. Right? We, we want a 30-minute prayer to fill this church when it takes years of prayer to prepare the altar so when people actually come in, they don't leave in bondage. They live free in Christ Jesus. See, so, so if, if God promised this church to be filled, it's going to be filled, but we need leaders. We need the church to activate a prayer life. Because the last thing we want is this church to be full with people leaving still in sin. And still preaching that God is a God of holiness, but yet we're living a messy life. And when we go out there, we demonstrate a life of sin. But yet, hey, let's be Christians on the weekend. So, back to Elijah. He's on his knees. And he tells his servant. I was telling my Spanish, the Spanish congregation. I wanted to prepare a series on Elijah. And in this series, I want to preach about having the right team. Because as a leader, you have to choose the right circle. If his servant would have been tired, the vision wouldn't have happened. The dream wouldn't have happened. If his servant would have quit it on the first or second time of going up to the mountain, then what would have happened? 
Choosing the circle can determine your blessing coming. Come on, mijo. You're going to run seven times. Not me. All right, I have, I have. My back hurts, so if I move like an old man, it's because I feel like an old man. Okay. So picture this. This is Elijah. Right? On his knees. He tells his servant, go run up there. But while he's running, he's praying. So many leaders do this. Yeah, he got that. And, and we're just here. Okay, you could come back down. Right there and then just come back down. And, and, and then we're just relaxing because we have a good team that's taking care of things. While the leaders are just relaxing when we're supposed to be praying. While the musicians are supposed to be praying. Hey, guys, did you guys know we have Saturday prayer? So when, when, when church is empty on a Saturday morning, to me, it makes me sad. Because the church has forgotten how to pray. The church has forgotten how to communicate with God. We love to speak about God, but not to God. If you guys notice, there's a lot of songs that bless you, but the songs that speak to God brings his presence. We have forgotten how to pray to God and exalt God and worship God. God doesn't want to be spoken of. He wants to be spoken to so, so we're here and we're waiting for God's promise to descend, but yet we're here and, and we're telling ourselves, go check again. Go back up. Go run. Run. Go ahead. Run up there. <laughs> and, and, and we're not kneeling down, praying for his presence, for his promise to descend upon us. So while he's working, we're supposed to be praying. Having the team to build around your vision is very important, but not just that. My prayer as a pastor is the most important thing for this church to grow spiritually. This church needs people. Go check again. This church needs leaders to get on their knees. And start praying for heaven to come. See, in chapter 18, I believe it's verse 1. Verse 1, he says, go, for I already have prepared the rain to come. Church, did the rain come? Did the rain come after the altar was prepared? What, what made the rain descend? What made the rain come down? It wasn't because he was living a holy life. Prayer. Prayer. See, church has, God has given us promises. Who's received a promise from God? Not the whole church, okay. God has promised us many things. And, and we sit there and we just, God, have you spoken? Then it's going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come. But we're not even praying about it. And then, and then we, we get in our feelings. God, you already said it. I don't even know why it's not coming. I, I've done everything possible, but I, I, see no, I see no rain. I see no album. Just kidding. I see no anointing. You know what bugged me the most? 
is that many preachers have, the reason this, this word really spoke to my spirit, many preachers have prophesied over me and said I, have, I was going to have an anointing. And it made me, it made me think because I haven't, and it, I'm going to be, trans, I'm always transparent, so those who know me, I'm transparent. And I feel like I have no anointing. And I'm asking God, in my frustration as a, as a pastor, God, I'm, I'm tired of just praying empty words that bring no blessing to people. I'm tired of empty words that bring no transformation of people. Don't, don't get, let's not get this wrong. Prayer is good. Prayer is awesome. That's the only thing we have is prayer. But there's something wrong when there's no anointing in a Christian's life. And it, this is just me. In my frustration, I told myself, I do not want to be a, a pastor that just prays for people without anointing. Because through his anointing comes freedom. Through his anointing, church, there's freedom. Not for you. Not for my wife. Not for the people that have known God for so many years. But for the people who are lost. God, God is waiting to activate the church. Many of us have the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it requires a certain lifestyle that not many of us are willing to give up. Anointing comes with a cost. It's not cheap. And I was frustrated because I, 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 I was talking to God and I said, God, you have promised me this anointing and an anointing and this anointing. And I'm doing the church thing and I come to church, but there's no anointing. Because we can get lost in this lifestyle of Christianity and be satisfied without the anointing that we think we're doing good. And I told myself, I do not ever want to be a preacher that does not have an anointing. Because it was only with the anointing that many were healed by the disciples. And it was after the Holy Spirit baptized them and filled them up that they were able to bring freedom. And I do not want to be a pastor that doesn't carry anointing. And I found myself and I said, God, what is it? What is it? So it took me to James, the book of James. Daniel, can you go up? No, no, Daniel, can you run up there? (laughs) James. That's only your fourth time. You You got a couple more to go. Book of James 16. I'm going to read the second half of 16. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 17 says, 
Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and that it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain. Gave, uh, gave rain on the earth to produce its crops. See, we can do all the right things. We could come to church. We can become members. We can give our tithes. We can do all the, the things that are required for us to do, but without prayer, the heavens will not open. Without prayer, the heavens will not open. And we want, you can run, go up there again. And, and, and we want God to reign upon us. We want the heavens to open with this lazy lifestyle we have going on. And I'm sorry if I offend people. I was told that I offend people, but it's, it's in the word of God, right? See, Matthew 18, 18 says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. If God promises something, you got two more. Here, in the spiritual realm, God is waiting for his people to pray. So when he's saying, hey, I've already promised, I just need your prayers to make it to me. I already promised freedom, but your knees have not been touching the ground. Your prayer hasn't activated me to release the blessing that I have given you already. See, the blessings are already there, but something has to happen on earth for our prayers to go up, for his blessings to come down. So most of us are still waiting for the blessings to come down. And the only thing God is requiring is for us to pray for his blessings to come down, to bless his people. Last one. Yeah, he's young. He got it. <laughs> Let's give a round. But wait, he's not. He's not finished yet. Daniel, come here. You know what I love about Elijah is that not many people can share the same dream you have, right? So he, he sends away Ahab. So go eat, go get fat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to do the spiritual thing that not many people want to do. Well, he has his servant. We can't surround ourselves with people that don't share their same dream, right? You need to have your own little space with God, your own intimate time with God. He says, tell me there's a cloud. Hey, there's a cloud. There's a cloud. Okay. Many of us are still waiting for it, right? Waiting for the rain to come. And he says, it's a small, okay, thank you. He says, it asked my son, Daniel, so handsome. 
He says it's a small hand. And, and many of us will get frustrated just with that, mo- with that little phrase. It's a small, small, small as a hand. Many of us will be frustrated being like, God, you promised something big. And you're telling me it's a small hand? Look like a midget up there? <laughs> God, in my spirit, I hear thunder. But I see a small cloud? I know we've been there. When God promises something big, we only see something small. Right? Yeah, and it's frustrating, right? It's, it, it's frustrating when, when God promises a Ferrari and we get a Honda. <laughs> not, no, not a knock on people that drive Hondas. Or a Pinto, if you guys know what a Pinto is. A 1967, get out and push. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, when God promises something big, we expect the big thing. But do we get discouraged when we see the small thing? And we let the discouragement stop the blessing of the big thing? Because right, if we see the small hand and we just have a bad attitude about it, are we stopping the, the, the flood, the rain, the sand because of our attitude? Because we expect something big and nothing big is coming. I see a small hand. I see a small little blessing, God. You gave me a number five, one, one, and a five, a six, and a seven for McDonald's. But I only see a small little blessing coming this way. And sometimes we have the wrong attitude. And because of that, we stop the blessing and the rain to come into our lives. Because we see with our eyes, but our spirit is hearing something. But we let our vision determine what our spirit is seeing. If God has spoken promises over your life, if there's a promise over your life, guarantee that it's going to happen. Guarantee that it's going to be completed. But it's not going to be what you expect or how you actually do on a daily basis to expect the rain to come. Man, it, it's, it's hard. It is, it is hard, church, and I'm sorry if you guys get discouraged, but it is hard praying and waiting for a promise to come. I do not want to sugarcoat things. Those who just entered this, this walk with Christ, it's not something easy to wait on the promise that God has given us, but it is worth it. It's worth the wait. It's worth the cry. It's worth the pain. Elijah didn't eat the rain. He didn't. He was fine. He was getting fed. He was fine. But the people weren't fine. Many blessings... They come, it's not because of you, it's because of the people behind you that need that. Can I get a piano? But 
we have to understand that what I receive isn't for me to enjoy. What I receive is for the people to enjoy. We, see, what, what the rain did is, is fed the multitude. But it wasn't going to happen until Elijah prayed. And, and we sit there and we, we say, God, why is my family suffering? Why have I seen the enemy attack? Why haven't I seen freedom in my family? God has given us the ability to open up heaven. But we've become lazy Christians. Lazy believers. I've become a lazy pastor. Yes, I'm transparent. And that is the truth. Because we've been promised freedom in this church. And people walk in addicted to alcohol and leave the same. But yet, hey, his presence was awesome. But no anointing. And then we ask God, God, why haven't you brought freedom? And it, it, it just puts a lot of spiritual jealousy in my spirit. Because I know what God requires. I know it's about holiness. Uh-oh, there goes the word you shouldn't say. Yes, holiness. It requires holiness. But it also requires dedication. Prayer. See, it's, it's easy to wear a suit. It's easy to wear a tie. It's easy to be presentable. It's easy to look like a Christian and be fake. And not carry an anointing behind you. That is easy. Anybody can do that. Not anyone can dress as a Christian, walk as a Christian, and have anointing. That only by his shadow people are saved. People are healed. Just by the simple touch that lame walks. So while heaven is waiting on us to pray, people are dying. People are waiting for us to be the vessel so they can walk. So they can see. Because miracles still happen. So there can be freedom. Because people, they're, they're, they're in bondage and we know better, but yet we don't do anything about it. Because we have became a lazy generation after God's heart. But church was awesome. Let's do it again next Sunday. And we, we, we want God. With your hands raised, who wants God to use you? Who wants to be used? To know that it requires more than what you're giving. Know that it requires more than just a heartache every once in a while. Persistence. Persistence. And when it doesn't come the first time, persistence. 
And when it doesn't come the second time, God, you have promised freedom. God, you have promised a generation filled with your power, persistence. You know why it's sad, church? Because I have brothers who haven't met God in the level I have met God. And my prayer is the only thing that can release that upon them. But I've become lazy about it. I have parents who need to be filled once again by the Holy Spirit. But I've been lazy about it. I have kids who need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I've been lazy about it. But God said, I have promised and I'm not reaching his throne because my prayer hasn't made it to his throne. But we want freedom, right? We want to be used, right? We want his anointing to flow. But we're not persistent. I'm going to ask you guys to come to the altar. I, I do things a lot different. I like to worship God. I, I just, I love to worship God because in the midst of his worship, healing comes. We've, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that we're becoming a generation that depends on people's prayer. That we forget how to pray to God. We, we have forgotten that God doesn't care how smart or how elegant you talk. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care if you, they don't say the right things. He just wants to hear you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you pray. He wants to hear you open up your heart. He doesn't care how you sound about it. Yeah. These, our prayer team can pray over you. The most effective prayer is you speaking to God. The most effective prayer that brings freedom is you speaking to God. So when we worship, I know you guys feel the Holy Spirit moving. And, and, and what happens is the Holy Spirit drives your prayer into what he wants to hear from you. So when we say worship, the Holy Spirit is actually driving your prayer. So in the midst of that, there comes the freedom. So when the freedom comes, the anointing comes. And when the anointing comes, your family would feel the Holy Spirit upon you. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.